Hey guys, this is Evan, Lucky 10,000 fame, and just prefacing this episode again, uh, this was one episode that we split into two about extraterrestrials, so this is the second half of that episode. If you listened to last week, we hope you enjoyed it. If you didn't listen to last week and you're just now finding out that this is a part two, go check out the first part. It's a lot of fun. I hope you'll enjoy it. And uh, next week is our season finale for the astrophysics season, so we hope you have all enjoyed it, and we hope you got lucky tonight. You are a part of the Lucky 10,000 with your hosts, Evan and Emily. Season 2, Astrophysics. So, I I don't know... There's this, so many alien movies. There's a, there's a ton, but this is something I noticed, and this is interesting to me about human psychology. Okay. What I started... With, I thought, okay, there's been a lot of remakes of alien movies because aliens are always relevant to certain generations. Yeah. But they can be relevant in different ways. For example, uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers mm. was a movie that came out in the 50s. Yeah. And uh, it was a metaphor for communism because <gasps> the the plot of the movie involves these giant alien seed pods that are on the planet. Mm-hmm. And if you go to sleep, then a root comes out of those seed pods, grabs you, kills you, makes a, a zombie copy of you uh-huh. that is then your only instinct is to preserve the, the the species of that alien seed pod. Oh, my gosh. And the idea of it was at the time, communists are everywhere, but they look just like you. Right. Yes, yes, yes. So they're they, like insidious and infiltrated. Right. Mm. So they redid that movie in the 70s with Donald Sutherland. And uh, I'm not exactly sure. Yeah, he's great. And Leonard Nimoy was in it as well. (gasps) And I'm not 100% sure what it was supposed to be a metaphor then because we were past the communism scare. Yeah. But it was a very well done movie and it was very uh, horrifying and just 70s movies are always bleak. Yeah. And by God it was, but it was so good. Well, I mean, coming out of like Vietnam, it's like. Yeah. Yeah. You can't trust the government. You can't trust authority. Yeah. Authority might be an alien trying to assimilate you. Yeah. Um, The Thing is a classic sci-fi movie. Uh, The Thing from Another World was originally called, again, back in the 50s. But this was, to me, this was a great change of style uh, because in the original movie, it's these, uh, these scientists up in the Antarctic discover something under the ice. They don't know what it is, but they realize it has sort like of Europa. A, a shape, like mm-hmm. Europa. And so they, they all decide that they're going to ba- each back up around this shape until they can they find the edges of it. And when they do, you realize that they are standing in a perfect circle. What they have found is a flying saucer that crashed <gasps> in the Antarctic and has been frozen on the ice for years with a life form on it that then comes alive and starts killing them, the scientists, one by no! one. And it was that sort of, like, movies back then were paced so differently than they are now. Yes. A lot of that movie was a build-up to the first time you see the monster. So you don't get to see the monster very often. Yeah. It actually turned out to be the guy that starred in Gunsmoke. Love it. TV show. And, uh, but it was one of the first real big scream moments in movies because it was set up so beautifully because there was no music. There was no, like, oh, what's going to happen around this corner? A character's just talking and talking and talking, and he opens a door, and there it is. Oh, my gosh. it was a huge big scream moment. But it was still this humanoid because effects and everything. Yeah. Um, John Carpenter, who is uh, one of my favorite filmmakers. He made the Halloween, the first two Halloween movies, mm. and, uh, you know, Michael Myers and all that. And he did- He was the one with, like, the mask that, by the way, did you know that the Michael William Myers mask- Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what was it, Emily? No, Emily. no, you robbed it from me. I will never be I'm Michael Myers. I'm going to kill you. Okay. Um, He redid the thing. 
And in his version, it's got Kurt Russell in it. I love Kurt Russell. Kurt it's got Russell. Keith David in it. Love Keith David. It's got Wilford Brimley in it. Diabetes. Oh, and, no. Uh, it, it, it is sort of the same concept, except what he did was he took the idea of the alien and took it from this one humanoid creature to a parasite that can copy you. Again, a little bit like Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Oh, no. It kills you and creates another you. Oh, no. So it's, and they're trapped in the Antarctic. They don't know which one of them is an alien and which one isn't. Oh, and the no. greatest thing about that movie is this was in the, in the 80s in horror movies, what they called was the latex reality. They discovered latex and could use it <gasps> as special effects in movies. Mm-hmm. So when you go back and watch that movie, it's very gory, but it's very almost beautiful in a way because when the creature is discovered it doesn't just leave the body it like the body like rips open and all these things come shooting out of it and pandora's box yeah in one scene this guy's head falls off and lands on the floor and legs sprout out from either side of it and it crawls away like a spider oh god it's amazing the the effects in that movie 90 percent of them hold up so well today what is this one called the thing the thing. the thing. This was the remake. This was the remake. Oh my gosh. Other remakes, The Blob. And these are just the remakes that I think, because every movie gets remade at some point. I, these are the remakes I that I true. think are actually the best ones. Okay. Um, the Blob was a meteor lands on Earth. It's got this little thing in it. A homeless man pokes it with a stick, and it turns out to be this thing that looks like gelatin, a little no. bitty small thing. Ugh. It crawls up the stick, it attaches itself to his hand, <gasps> and eats him basically oh my gosh and every time it eats somebody it gets bigger it gets bigger to the point where by the end of the movie it is this gigantic mass that is trying to eat this city and it's a terrible death well that's something that neil degrasse tyson was talking about he was like these were like his his few exceptions we're talking about like the blob and then like something some other movie he was like hollywood just doesn't have any imagination i was like but the blob is, I know? but this you're getting almost exactly to the point I discovered when I was <gasps> making this list. Oh my gosh, I love this. And we'll see if it holds up as okay. we go on. But uh, the remake of the movie is very good, and it f- follows the same plot. When you look back at the original Blob, it, it's fun. But yeah. you know, there's a scene where the Blob eats a movie theater, and the way they uh, show that in the original mm-hmm. is they just make a miniature of that movie theater and squish <laughs> jelly through it. Yes, <laughs> through I the love windows it. of it. Now, and they made a remake in the '80s starring Kevin Dillon. And okay. it's, it, I just actually rewatched it recently to see if it holds up, and it so does. Oh, good. It, it beautifully showed how awful it would be to be killed by this thing. Because mm. it would be like if you could imagine your stomach reaching out and grabbing something alive, and the stomach acid's eating that thing. Yeah. If you could imagine being a person and the blob grabbing you, you're being slowly digested like an oh. acid. One of the best moments in the whole movie is this woman is trying to get away from the blob, and so she hides in this phone booth. Well, she's trying to call for help. And uh, all of a sudden, behind her, you see, like, the jelly kind of come down the, the thing, and then she looks around, and she realizes that the whole thing is being covered by the blob, and at the last second before it crashes through the glass, a body that it's still in the process of digesting no. gets thrown against the glass. No. It's great. No. But... What I realized, all these aliens, if you'll notice, are all hostile. And what's the one thing they all have in common? They are the least humanoid. Oh. I have a second section that we'll get into later where it shows, you know, the more violent aliens and then a section for the more sort of hopeful. I love this. We're communicating. We're being friendly aliens. And the one constant is almost in every single case, the friendly, hopeful alien movies they are so much more like us Humanoid. than the violent, I'm going to kill you, I'm going to destroy your planet aliens. Is E.T. on your list? 
It is. We'll get into that later. Don't talk about your real feelings for that movie, or else we'll leave what meager audience we already have. Come back. So but I just thought I never really thought about that before, That's but it's true. Genius. The further we get away from us, the more hostile we believe the aliens would be. Right. Or we think that uh the the aliens that come down that maybe look like us would be like, Oh, are you my siblings right. and whatever? Like Back we to have the human similar ego. Form, of you course know? you would look like me oh, if you, you're brilliant. Right? Yeah, because these aliens are created of us there are a few exceptions to this yeah and you know star trek to be totally fair had a few exceptions to that rule too where this is true. sometimes the aliens they showed were more advanced than us and didn't look like us at all but for the most part they didn't have a huge budget so they just stuck shit on somebody's yeah. forehead and said you're yeah. an alien i'm gonna give you some ridges call you an alien yeah exactly for her pleasure i love that you're horrible um did you want me to get back to science time let's do it okay okay uh so exoplanets what exoplanets could harbor life. Right. So we talked about Europa. Does that count we as did. an exoplanet? That counts as I mean, a, it's a moon. A, that counts as a planet inside our solar system. So it doesn't count as an exoplanet. Oh, I guess I figured it was an exoplanet because it's not technically a planet. Oh, I guess it counts as just part of our solar system. An exoplanet is technically any like planet or moon that is outside of our solar system. Okay, cool. Yeah. So I guess this t- section should not be what exoplanet is a good candidate for life, but just what Area, planet, moon is a good candidate for Let's life. Let's do it. I love it. Um, so we would think that a rocky planet with a thin atmosphere with the surface of water would make a good would make a good Absolutely. thing. I mean, that's similar to what Earth is. Absolutely. And based on our tiny knowledge of like what life is, uh-huh. because we only know what life is because of life around us, uh-huh. we're like, man, let's go for those things first and see what see what yields. Yeah. Um yeah, go go where you know. And Sarah Seeger, who's an astrophysicist and a planetary scientist at MIT, says also anything nearby, probably less than 30 light years away, would be a good place to start looking. Really? Yeah. Um, at least like this is a, a, a place that we could get to. That's you amazing. You know what I mean? Um, possibly. Um, so hopefully that humans will be able to get there. But, so, yeah, the, uh, and then um, Ms. Lopez Morales again comes back and says that the Holy Grail is to find something within 30 light years of Earth. So, um, uh, yeah. Holy Grail being, obviously, we still can't travel there in our lifetime because we yeah. don't know how to move but at light speed. But we would speed. probably be able to... To observe. Observe. That's amazing. Possibly. There was something I was reading. It may not be... I may not have included it because I just had so much stuff. I was just like, we don't need this. Um... 76,000 maybe like miles per hour or maybe 76 I don't know 76,000 maybe miles per hour is like the fastest that our ships like our spaceships can go wow and that's like pushing it yeah so like 30 million light years is that what I said 30 light years oh 30 because we would have to be able if we could travel at the speed of light it would still take us one whole year to move one light year yep it would we, take us 30 years at the speed of light to get somewhere. And we can't even go near the speed of light now. Right. So it would probably be thousands of years. Yeah. The- <laughs> there was something I was reading that was like, it would take, I it was some some ridiculous number. Like, oh, that might have been what it is. It might it might take us, it wasn't the miles per hour. It would take us 7,760,000 yeah, 760, years. I may be wrong on this number. I'm just recollecting. 
but some ridiculous amount of time, either 76,000 or 760,000. But what if we could find a way? But that's how many years it would take to get to like the closest star system. If we could find life, if we could see through a telescope, we're pretty sure this planet 30 light years away has life on it. Knowing now that time is relative, and if you go into space, you're going to age slower than someone on Earth. Obviously, you still won't survive for 760,000 years, but then what if we could put you in some sort of cryogenic freezing chamber and set the time for... 700 and something thousand years from now. that's like that movie, What's a Dingle, where they're the only two people who wake up and then they decide Passengers. Yeah, there it is. I haven't seen it. I heard it's pretty good. I haven't either. I saw a trailer for it. Um, I feel like it's kind of I like both of those actors, so hey. Um, There's that. uh, Would you do it? No. No. No, I think there are better things to to use my (laughs) life for. Than being the first person to make contact with aliens? Possibly. Okay. Yeah, I like don't know. What? Would you do it? No, probably not. Yeah, I know. I'm like, eh. I'd just be too scared I would die on the way. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like the last like, oh. thing I ever remember is like, although it'd probably be a peaceful way to go. I mean, you're just like chilly. The ship explodes, but. Yeah, the, the ship runs into an asteroid. Like, but oh, you know there are people it. that would. I know. Yeah, I know people that would too. But yeah, we're you were talking about Goldilocks zones. Yeah. Those are what we're looking for. Um and we so, found several, right? Yeah, even even though we haven't, we aren't able to reach these planets. Right. In 2017, I found this really great thing that was like, "What do we know in 2017 about aliens?" I was like, right. "This is great." Um, there is a star or a planet called Wolf 1061c discovered in January that is 14 light years away. LHS Ooh. 1140b in April located 40 light years away. Ross 128b <laughs> discovered in November well, 11 Rachel, light years away. I'm a planet. Was that Ross? It's the best impression oh, of him friends? I can do. <laughs> yeah. I get it. And oh. K218b discovered in December, which is located 111 light years away. So the closest is 14 light years the away. The closest is Ross at 11 light years away. Oh, 11 light years away. So yeah. we could cut that whole 760-something thousand years by uh, uh, two-thirds. Yeah, we could get there <laughs> so quick. Yeah, only a couple of hundred thousand years. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, it's a lot... <sighs> The 30 yeah, light years away time. is 760,000 based on what well, we can no, do now. Well, no, I don't know that 30 light years is 760,000. I think 760,000 is how close, f- how far away Alpha Centauri oh, okay. is, which would be the next universe, next galaxy yeah. over. Okay. Um, But, it, I mean, I'm thinking like some traveling at the speed of light, it would take you 30 years. Traveling at our slow-ass speeds... That's still a long ass Thousands time. and thousands of years at that, least. Yeah, a long time. And and they, they made a good point in that article I was reading that if humans haven't discovered technology in which to communicate with aliens before that spaceship right. like, gets information <laughs> and comes back. <laughs> that would be funny. Then, like, then we're fucked. That would like, be so funny if you were the person that volunteered for that mission and you were I'll asleep for 700,000 years. You hit the planet. You show up. You're like, hey, guys, I'm here. And they're like, oh, yeah, we know. Everyone's we- already there, has <laughs> colonized it. Everyone's dead. <laughs> like, whatever. you're saying. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to go back to a future I don't recognize. How long has 760,000 years it took you to get here? Oh, yeah, so we've known about you guys for 759,000. We knew you were coming. Yeah, so if you just hung out on Earth for about five more years. It would have been fine. You would have been fine. Correct, yeah. That would be amazing. I know, so that's that's a good That's like, the sci-fi movie I want to make. Oh, my gosh. He lands and everyone's like, what are, what are you doing here? Um, 
Yeah, in June of 2017, NASA's Kepler telescope found 10 Goldilocks zone planets. Nice. And um, there were 20 more that were hiding in plain sight. Ooh. That's interesting. Um, But yeah, they're they're looking. So I now have a list of. I think that all of these are, yeah, all of these are in our solar system um, that are possibly, possibly able to be uh, alien, alien spots. Nice. So Titan. Yeah. Titan. Uh, Saturn's moons. Yes. One of Saturn's moons. And then there's another one in, in Enceladus, in Enceladus. That's also one of Saturn's moons. But on Titan, apparently... In like 2015, there was a discovery of life in Trinidad's Pitch Lake that is basically like tar, yeah, like a, like a petroleum oily tarry yeah. lake, and they found life in there. What? And so everyone's like, "Oh, hold up!" Very similar to the the Europa well, me- thing. Yeah. If we found bacteria in like deep ocean, yeah. If we can find life. In like oil tar, Pacific Rim, yeah. Then we can do this. So researchers looking for signs of life on Titan, which is Saturn's largest moon. Although if Creepshow two taught me anything, don't trust tar that's just hanging out in bodies of water. I don't know what that means. If you watched Creepshow two, you would. Uh, okay. <laughs> it's like in The Exorcist, don't trust pools because there's going to be bones in them. <laughs> that would be poltergeist. No, that's poltergeist. <laughs> It was a little girl who creepy like, things was happening to. Where are you getting this from? I strike that, again with that, pop culture infamy. Was that the deleted scene from The Exorcist where in the middle of them trying to get this demon out of her, she just slapped a bikini Peace on and went for a swim? Swimming. <laughs> oh, amazing. The power of Christ compels you. Wee! Back to <laughs> basics. So Titan basically resembles Earth more closely than any other celestial body, but instead of oceans... That the moon has vast hydrocarbon lakes. Mm. So there's a new study that says that there are um, there could be droplets of water ammonia mixtures that yeah. are rising inside the oily lakes. Nice. Very much like the uh, tar pits in Trinidad. That's awesome. And so they have they they can possibly by by studying those organisms that mm-hmm. that they found they could say how could organisms survive on Titan yes. if they exist and how could they adapt to live. In the hydrocarbon. Well, it's so interesting because we are finding, just like that tar pit, every generation, it seems like, we learn that life can survive in conditions that just a generation or two ago we thought was physically impossible. Right. There's so many areas yeah. of the ocean that we just assumed could not harbor life at yeah, all. Yeah, it's, like, it's and too we, dark and cold. Right. And, and we again, finally got to explore them. And we're like, holy shit, this place is teeming with life. Yeah. It goes kind of back to that, like, human-centric thing. Yeah. Where we're like, oh, we're a human. We can't live in water. Oh, right. wait, there's fish. Like, yeah. it's like we, we think everything revolves around But that's us. the other thing that stimulates the imagination is that right? the only reason we didn't know those things were there is because we couldn't imagine something that could survive right. down there. So us saying it can't doesn't mean it can't. Yeah, it's true. And I think about, like, this one. Also, when we're thinking about this Goldilocks zone, yeah. about, like, it's not too far from the sun. It's not too close. It's right. not too rocky. got to have water. Right. Um... Like, we just, yeah, literally the same thing. If we use that metaphor of Earth, like, we have things that live in Antarctica. We have moss that grows, like, in frigid temperatures. And then we have, like, deep-sea fish thriving. And then we have, like, yaks at the top of Mm -hmm. mountains. Like, there's so many things that 
are surviving on our Earth that, like, if you expand that to the universe, there's Absolutely. probably life out there that the we're thi- just like, we don't know about. The thing is, like, if you really think about it, uh, a few hundred, maybe even a, a thousand years ago, we could have never imagined there's something like a giant squid that has evolved to the point where it can survive. It's huge. So far down into the ocean that we just simply can't go down. We don't haven't developed any technology that can actually go down there and find any. Because yeah. it's just so deep and the pressure is... So, so we wouldn't have imagined it until we actually saw one. The... What is it called? The the Kraken. The Kraken. Is that what it is? Do we call it the Kraken? Uh, yeah, yeah. The, the big, big squid? Yeah. Is it called the Kraken? Well, I mean, only in pirate lore. Oh, come on. And certain types of rum. But, I mean, have you oh, ever okay. seen a giant squid? No. There's video out there of them. I don't even want to see it. <sighs> It's terrifying. Like, chew it in the notes. They are massive. You don't have to. But, like, we couldn't have imagined that something could have evolved to survive down there, but it did. Yeah. So So why couldn't something evolve in even harsher conditions? Yeah. It's really cool. It's very cool. Um, in, okay, Mars. Yes. Okay. So they're in the the 19th and early 20th century. Mm -hmm. Uh, Percival Lowell. Okay. Astronomer. Uh-huh. He popularized the idea that there are canals on the red planet, aka Mars, mm-hmm. that were the work of intelligent Martians. Okay. Is there, there aren't any canals. No. There aren't. Those were just. We a, thought there was a face on Mars at the, one point. Yeah, so, no, you know. That's just an illusion. It didn't happen. Um, Did you ever see the thing about the rat on Mars? No. One of the rover pictures that came back, they were because there always be conspiracy were theories. Were there mice? No. Oh. But there was a rock formation that from a distance looked like a rat. Kind of looked like a rat. So people Aww. were instantly like, there's rats, rats on Mars. On Mars. <laughs> no, one just like stowed away on the ship yeah. and was just like, I'm having fun. And every astrophysicist was like, no, there's not. That's, and then conspiracy theorists is like, we can prove it. Look right there. And every and astrophysicist like, went, that's a rock. This rover, this rover mission was just done in a soundstage <laughs> and there's a rat Yeah, there. exactly. Um, but basically, the the images in this from the sixties and seventies from the Mariner and Viking missions uh-huh. were just like there is nothing inhabitable, no human kind of right. thing. Um, now scientists do know that Mars has ice, water ice covering its poles, yes, and that Martian surface uh, soil has um has like, nutrients, mm-hmm. has like you know good stuff for life. The interesting thing to me about the idea of Mars, and I don't know if, if people have proposed this, I think I read this somewhere, mm-hmm. is not necessarily whether there's life on there now, but could there have okay. been at some point? Yeah, and that's, they they just took some dirt samples yeah. from the Mars rover, yeah. and that revealed that there could have been, that Mars could have been capable of supporting microbial life yeah. billions of years ago. Yeah, because that's the thing. Um, we only know Mars from its current orbit. Right. But it could have been in a completely different place. And I think about this, too. Like, what other creatures or, like, the, the history of aliens? Like, yeah. there, Like, there could be other civilizations that were like Earth that were like, oh, we're just going to, like, use all the fossil fuels and, like, use everything yeah. and like, burn the planet to nothing, and then, like, Mars is what's left. Like, the will our Earth us. be Mars? Like When we get to good aliens, we're going to talk about we're that. We're going to be like, please, please tell me. Um, so we talked about Europa. Awesome. And, okay, now we're going to go to Enceladus. Yes. Um, Saturn's moon, formidable frozen shell. Yeah. Covering a deep subsurface ocean, which could cover an area at least as big as Lake Superior. That would be awesome. Which, I mean, that doesn't, that doesn't seem that big. No, I guess but is the moon tiny though? Maybe the I moon don't know, is tiny. but I mean, 
all you would need is one little area with life on it to find life on another planet. Yeah. So if we if they had like just one little lake that has <laughs> to be its own little ecosystem, it could be fine. That just keeps. You ever seen those things? I was so fascinated by these at one point, where there's these sealed glass containers with everything inside that you would need to form its own self-sufficient ecosystem. Ooh. You can never open them. They're just there, and you actually watch this. That's amazing. Yeah, they were. They were. I never had one, but I saw them in a catalog, and I wanted one so bad. We gotta buy so one. Even even in its own little sustained lake area, as long as it has everything it needs to create life, then use the 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 dying life to create more life. Yeah. And that circle of life thing. What if we're just a lake on a planet? We are just a lake on a planet. Yeah. Oh, it's so messed up. Uh, some researchers, researchers, <laughs> researchers. Uh, some researchers. Did think anyone gerge that? You got to rejerge it. I got to rejerge it. Um, some researchers think <laughs> that they may be able to study the water that is yeah. hidden by drilling through the crust, which could be up to twenty-five miles thick. Wow! Can you believe that? No, that's a lot. Yeah, there was some. Um, Let me just a, take a pause to say that that might be the dumbest thing ever uttered by man. What? The, what I just said. What 25 just... miles deep. That's a lot. That's my <laughs> That's contribution to this conversation. That's a lot of crust. Oh. That's thick, too. Um, like Chicago-style pizza. The NASA's Cassini spacecraft, however, spotted some fractures mm-hmm. near the south pole of oh. Enceladus. Um so, I mean, there could be, again, the same kind of plumes, like shoots of, like, water. That's awesome. Coming out um, that could, like, be a much easier. Could we just swoop down there with a spoon and grab some swooper. of it real quick and come yeah. back? And I found one one more that I didn't uh, annotate properly, okay. so I have a fifth one. Okay. Uh, Pluto and Neptune. Oh, of course. Right. Well, Pluto's a complete, they're both basically completely frozen planets. Yeah. They're just icy. Um and that they said that they could harbor life beneath their icy surfaces thanks to their moons. Yeah. So the tidal heating that happens yes. with their moons can like heat and refreeze. That would be awesome. And so that is probably, you know, it's like uh, when you have some like something in the freezer that's frozen yeah. and then you unfreeze it and then you refreeze and then you unfreeze and you refreeze. Yeah. like. Stuff's going to grow on it. Absolutely. Like there's there's going to be mold that shows up and says, like, I, I want to be on this, like, uh, I'm trying to think of something that I have frozen and unfrozen in my in my house, but there's nothing like that, like meat that doesn't exist in my house. No, it doesn't. But so, it's so yeah. cool to think that just a few years ago, we, just a few years ago, we, uh, the idea of life in our solar system other than on Earth was just insane laughable and now we're like we could discover life in our lifetime and i think it's so interesting that these are these discoveries are mostly stemming from discoveries that we make yes. about earth yes like i think that that's so important that sometimes we forget about like oh man like the the study of like space is like not important or like the study of like our planet is not important you know they there can kind of be two camps about like we need to explore the solar system we need to explore the oceans or whatever but they kind of go hand in hand what we discover about lakes in Trinidad and what we discover about oceans can tell us about what life can exist other places. If you want to study a giant's hand, you must start with your own finger. What? Uh, I just made that up. If you want to 
Study a giant what? If you want to study a giant's, giant's hand, hand, you, you must, must start, start with, with your, your own, own finger. finger. Look at that. I'm going to put it on a refrigerator magnet. Let's sell that. Lucky 10,000. Yeah, lucky 10,000. If you want to study a giant's hand, you got to start with your own finger. That's our slogan. And we'll have like one of us flipping the bird. Yes, your own finger <laughs> being the middle one. Of course. Uh, want to go back to pop culture? Please, because I think that's like all of my science stuff. Oh, great. Well, uh, we can finish off talking about this stuff then. Oh, my gosh. I love um, it. So I've got three more categories. Uh, and these are all, mo- again, way too many movies in science fiction to go through them all. Yeah. Um, I would like to give a special shout out, though, to uh, one of my favorite TV series of all time, because it's not just about movies. Um, Twilight Zone. I don't know if you've ever watched Twilight Zone. I thought you were going to say Three's Company. No, there was an alien uh, subplot on Three's Company. Uh, it was the spinoff uh, Three's Company, as in Three Eyes on the top of this alien's head. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Um, work from work. I mean, well, Mork and Mindy, I mean, he was an alien. He was. Nanu, nanu. But one of my favorite examples of aliens in television, other than the normal, you know, Star Trek's whatever, was, uh, and I'm just going to go ahead and spoil the shit out of this for you. Oh, hashtag spoiler alert. Okay, I'm ready. Uh, if you're a fan of sci-fi at all, you already know this, but I'm going to blow Emily's mind. I can't. What if I already know it? I mean, you might, but there was an old episode of Twilight Zone called To Serve Man. Okay. And this uber-intelligent race of aliens Is it going to be like Titus Andronicus? No. Oh, okay. I thought To Serve Man was kind of like... Maybe. Pies. Okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. Uh, well, this alien race lands, and they're super advanced. They're super intelligent. They look a lot like us, obviously, because they didn't have makeup technology back then like we do now. And they give us their Bible, basically, and they tell us that they want to do everything for us, that they love us, that we're fantastic, blah, oh blah, 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 blah. And we you translate nowhere, the title to to serve man, which everyone interprets as, oh, they want to serve us, as in do stuff for us. And they do. And it's great. And it's awesome. And then they're like, look, guys, you come back to our planet, your life will be the best. This is amazing. While, while this is going on, one of our researchers is trying to translate the language in the book. And at... All these people go, yeah, I want to go live on your planet where you like treat us like gods. This would be great. And uh, at the last second, as people are boarding the ship, he realizes it's a it's cookbook. It's a cookbook. <laughs> oh, my gosh. To serve man. Isn't that great? That is gross. Uh, Twilight Zone was That's a phenomenal sexist. TV show. Look at that. Well, that's true. Well, hey, works out for you. They're only eating men. Yeah. Hallelujah. God. Only dicks on this plane. <laughs> it's a raining man with blue cheese dressing on them. Hallelujah. Ew. But um, in that fashion, and and again, like as as I discovered this whole thing about usually the nicer aliens are more like us. So I have three categories here: I violent like aliens okay. who land to kill us, or we interfere with them and kill them. Okay. Uh, the more hopeful aliens, and then just fun, silly, bad alien movies. I can't wait. <clears throat> So in the violent movie category, and again, I can't cover all of sci-fi. These are movies that have made an impression on me or I just think are fun. Or again, most of these movies, as you'll see, are the least human oh, movies, cool. the least the least human aliens. Yeah. Uh, Independence Day. Everybody knows Independence Day. I don't. I don't. Uh, it's it's a popcorn movie. It's a movie where aliens come and they blow up the White House. Yes. And your awesome. boyfriend, Jeff Goldblum, helps stop them. Oh, yay boyfriend yeah he's still a good looking man anyway mm. um he uh well not just him but you know it's th- what else can you say about independence day everybody knows it but it you know aliens land and and we we don't know what their intentions are they're not communicating with but they us they don't look and like humans not really they they are 
their costumes, the the things you see at first as the aliens Mm -hmm. are these big things with tentacles, and they are bipedal. They do have arms and legs, so they are kind of similar, but they're meant to look like a much more distorted, like evil version of us. And it also turns out that the first aliens we see are actually just sort of mech armor that they're wearing and that the actual alien inside is a lot smaller and still kind of looks like us, but but Is it cute? No, they're supposed to be gross. But um, I was thinking Star Wars also didn't do a good job of making aliens not look like us. No, they they really didn't. Well, technically, every character in Star Wars is an alien. Right, right, right. I mean, yeah, really. (laughs) And most of them look just like and talk English and have slang. All human. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean- C-3PO actually used current Earth slang in Attack of the Clones. So, Oh, did he? Oh, uh, yeah. When R2 was pulling his head across the battlefield, he goes, this is such a drag. It's one of the reasons those movies are so bad. Oh, that's anyway. amazing. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's, you know, whatever. Um, the An older movie that I think is rather interesting uh, was called Day of the Triffids. Mm. And what happens in that movie is this rare meteor shower comes over the planet. And... Anyone that sees it instantly goes blind. Oh. So a majority of the Earth's population now is blind. Oh, no. But the radiation from these meteors mutates all the plants on the planet to be what we call triffids, which mm-hmm. means they kill and eat humans. So now people so are running like around. So giant Venus flytraps. No, they just they, they kind of shoot out their branches like tentacles or whatever and just sort of absorb you and Sweet. whip you to death and all this okay. kind of stuff. I remember seeing that movie as a kid. Loved it. But, yeah, it's it's... That's the, as far from humanity as you can get. So they're like plants. They are not just like it's plants. It's kind of they like a little plants. shop of horrors. Doesn't that start out? Bit. It's an alien. It's an alien, It's yeah. an alien plant yeah. that yeah. feed me Seymour and it eats yeah. people. That's feed messed up. Feed me Seymour. Hey guys, this is Evan. Hey, Jason Underwood. And if you're enjoying listening to The Lucky 10,000, then come on over to a podcast where nobody's ever getting lucky, ever. Here on The Lucky 10,000, you're here to learn, but with the bearded ones, we're here to make you laugh. And and maybe you'll learn something while you're laughing. Yeah, learn something like about Batman. <laughs> I mean, for we were on a stint of Matlock for a while. I, it was funny to me. <laughs> hey, I mean, I enjoyed it. Eh? <laughs> yeah, that's not how you sell it. Come anything. on over listen to the Bearded One podcast, I guess. I yeah, mean, I, I like it. I'd be a shit salesman. <laughs> um, <laughs> Come buy this car. I mean, I drove it once. You, yeah, probably, you probably wouldn't like yeah, it. You don't want to <laughs> yeah, 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 you don't want to. You know what? Fuck this. Don't listen to Bearded Ones. <laughs> Come on, check us out. Bearded Ones Comedy Podcast on the Bearded Pods Network. I knew that. I didn't know that. Well, that's why we're here, listening to the Lucky 10,000. You learn something new with every episode. And while you're here at the Bearded Pods Network, you might want to come and give us some pod love. We're Teddy and the Bassman. We cover all sorts of subjects, speak with tons of interesting guests, and entertain you with a melange of vintage commercials and jingles, and a whole plethora of eclectic music. You might even learn something from us as well. It'll probably be about bondage, but... Teddy and the Baseman. Um, War of the Worlds, I should have included in my remake list, but um, ah. it's based on the H.G. Wells novel, yes. which was turned into a radio, radio show play. by Orson Welles, which was turned into a movie in the 60s, which was redone by Steven Spielberg and Tom Cruise, in the early 2000s. I saw that movie in theaters, I think. 
I liked it. A lot of people didn't. I did. I don't remember much um, about it. But you know, when I first saw you brought up signs earlier. Yeah. Um, I'm real bad about deciding I like someone and and staying loyal to them even when it's obvious that they're doing bad things. Oh my god. So when I first saw signs, everyone was like, just like you, why would these aliens be stupid enough to visit and you're a like, planet no, that seventy percent water? Because in more of the worlds. They are kicking our ass. Yeah. They are decimating Earth. And oh, the man. only thing that ends up saving us is the fact that they didn't take into account the uh, uh, microorganisms on our planet that affect them, get them sick, and kill them. Oh, thank like God. Like a virus. So that's how War of the Worlds ends, and everyone just accepted it. And so when I first saw signs, I was like, "They're just it's just a takeoff of War of the Worlds. They didn't know that water would kill them. But having water kill them is a much dumber thing than just microorganisms and viruses. Possibly. Because, you know, you can't account for viruses. Possibly. Sometimes. I mean, you might be able to if well, you're so smart. The whole, that's the thing. The whole thing is if these people are advanced enough to whatever. But yeah. All the all iterations of War of the Worlds that I've seen are yeah. really great. There was even a short-lived series in the late 80s, I think. I love based it. Based on it. It was a lot of fun. Um, the Predator. Predator is a great movie, and he is pretty humanoid, but just yeah. really, really, really ugly. Yeah, but humanoid with like a weird frontal forehead. Pussy face, they call it. Because when he opens up his mouth, it kind of looks like a vagina. Anyway, Gross. um, Ugh. not okay. Now here's something. Have you ever heard of a movie called Attack the Block? No. Uh, well, it stars uh, 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 Nick Frost from uh, if you are a fan at all of Simon Pegg's movies. I like you say names, <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, well, yeah, I know Bob, you'll know who one Bob. of the leads is because okay. he plays Finn in the new Star Wars movies. Oh, it was okay. one of his first movies, and it's this kind of ghetto area of England because you know he's from England, uh, although his American accent pretty fucking good it's great um and these aliens land that just look like dogs with glowing teeth these big furry monsters oh no and they come after you and kill you um again don't look very human um killer clowns from outer space it's a b movie yeah i i can hear that from the title alone but the thing is it was meant to be a joke it was meant to be silly but the design work on the clowns is horrifying Ugh. If you look up killer clowns, you'll see, like, if you have any issue with clowns, you might not be able to sleep tonight. So is it killer clowns? Killer from... clowns with a K. What? Clowns, clowns with a K. Just because Why would they do that? Because they're trying to be cute. Their B-movie doesn't matter. Why would they do that? Because they're dumb. Ah! Right? Noi! <laughs> they, like, turn people inside out into cotton candy and shit. So they they look humanoid, but it's like an assimilated Noy. version of what they see on our planet. Um, oh gosh! Let's see. They so live. They think that humans are just clowns. There's like, oh, humans like I, you these You know what? Things. It's been so long since I've seen the movie. I don't know why they're clowns, Ugh. to be totally honest. But they're pretty horrific. Oh. Um, okay. They live is a very interesting, another John Carpenter movie, starring Roddy Roddy Piper and Keith David again, because people just like working with John Carpenter. He's a cool guy. Okay. Um, where. Rowdy Roddy Piper gets given these sunglasses that allow him to see who's an alien and who's not. Oh, he's no. He's just a regular dude. And then somebody goes, here, put these glasses on. And he's looking around. And all aliens. of a sudden he sees, I'm looking at you and you're normal. Then I look at this guy over here and he looks like him with no skin. Oh, no. And he's like, holy fuck, what's that? There's and then he looks up and he reads like a sign, like an advertisement. Mm-hmm. And when he doesn't have the glasses on, it's just like, hey, buy this liquor. And then when he puts the glasses on, there's a hidden message in it, you know, obey or something like that. Oh, my gosh. So these aliens have been with us for a while and using media to make us 
you know, brain dead, just following being consumers for their own gain. Well, that is a commentary on capitalism. It's great, and it's a great movie, and it has one of the best uh, action-y lines ever, because he walks into this bank, and he's got a gun, and he knows the bank is full of aliens, and he's going to kill them, and but he wants to give other people a chance to leave, and he wants to be a badass. So he goes, I am here to kick ass and chew bubblegum, and I'm all out of bubblegum. Oh, no. <laughs> I love a, that movie. There's a uh, Netflix original show series called Crazy Head. Oh, yeah, that, I've heard of that. I haven't um, watched it. It's it's really good, but in the similar vein. Yeah. Not aliens, but they see demons. Ooh, I want to check that two, out. These two women are uh, they are just getting off their medication. They were uh, heavily medicated for hallucinations. I need to check that out. And they just are like getting taken off their medication, and they see these hallucinations again. And they realize they're not hallucinations. They're demons. That's amazing. That they need to send back to hell. That's amazing. And they fight them. That sounds it's awesome. Serious. I need to check it out. It's exciting. Uh, let's see. What else do I have on my list? Critters. That's a fun little movie. Oh. Uh, Critters is made in the 80s. It's a kind of a slightly higher budgeted B movie okay. where these aliens land, but they're basically like little furry balls with teeth and they just roll around on the family's farm and try and kill them and eat them. But it's comedic. And it has these other aliens that are bounty hunters and they're shapeshifters so they can little look balls. like humans. They're little, look them up, they're little balls. I'm going to Google them right now. So if I look up Critter's movie, that'll do it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Why are these all like, I think they're going to be cute and then that's not. If you see the movie, they actually are kind of cute because they're puppets. They look like Jim Henson. Yeah. I mean, they shoot spears out of their backs that oh, hit you in the neck and knock you out so they can eat you. There are a lot of B-movies on this list. I like it. Uh, B-movies love aliens. Yeah. Yeah, they do. <laughs> um, Let's see. Uh, Cloverfield. You ever seen Cloverfield? I have not. Um, Found footage about a gigantic alien monster that okay. attacks New York. Ooh. That was the movie that showed, like, the Statue of Liberty's head had been cut off. Yes. It's a pretty good movie. Um... It's got some great effects in it. It's got some great suspense in it. It's found footage, so yeah, I get motion sick. Oh, and yeah. And sometimes it's hard to focus. Yeah. Um, the only reason, I mean, I saw Blair Witch in the theaters a few times, and every few minutes just had to close my eyes and look like, away. Yeah. Um, but it's a lot of fun, and it is, It the creature effects are really cool. And just the idea that this thing is unstoppable yeah. is really cool. And that, uh, you know, it, it's sprouting off little its own little babies and they're oh running gosh. around the city killing people. So, so. super non-human. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. And the thing looks terrifying. But it's also, I, it, it's the best kind of monster movie in that for the most part, until really towards the end of the movie, you'd never see it because it's just a guy running around with a camera trying to just survive. Oh my so you only see it in brief moments. Like you see a tentacle destroy the Brooklyn nope. Bridge and nope. stuff like that. It's it's nope. good. It's fun. Nope. And then really my favorite uh, in the category of, uh, and I think most people's favorite, in the category of uh, aggressive mm -hmm. aliens is, well, the Alien franchise. Oh, First yeah. First movie made in, I think, 79 by Ridley Scott. Um, Alien versus Predator. Well, not yet, but the oh. first Alien movie was uh, it starred Sigourney Weaver, um, Tom Skerritt, John Hurt, Yafet Koto, a bunch of great actors, and I'm assuming you've never seen it. No, sure not. No, <laughs> I can't even tell you what the Alien looks like. It's great because it plays on. It has some of the great. It has one of the best gore slash surprise moments of any movie in the history of cinema. Oh my gosh! Because these astronauts 
get a dis well they're not even astronauts they're just it's it's the future people are in space all the time just for menial shit i don't know what these people are doing they're yeah. they're colonizers or something and sure they get know. a distress signal from a planet so they land and uh, john hurt and a couple other people go out in their astronaut suits did they get hurt <laughs> now that's it. very good they do he does oh no why his name is hurt boom, boom. um and he comes across this vast valley full of nothing but these eggs oh no and he as stupid people in horror Takes movies do he doesn't take one but he wishes to touch it and it opens up and this thing that looks like a giant faceless crab with a tail basically more like a spider oh god jumps out of the egg Mm-mm. burns itself through his his helmet and yeah. attaches itself to him he's yeah. not dead oh so oh, they take him back to the ship and they they take his suit off and everything and this thing it's like just completely covering his face, keeping him alive. And it's got its tail like wrapped around his neck. Oh and they're God. like, what the fuck is this thing doing? Eventually, it just dies and falls off his face. So they think everything's fine. Oh, no. He seems fine. Oh, no. They go to have dinner. Oh, no. And all of a sudden, an alien burst out of his stomach. I because knew it. What they the were thing li- did it was, was eggs. it implanted an egg in uh. his body. And the great thing about that scene is Ridley Scott, brilliant director, uh, decided that he wanted the reactions of the cast to be as real as possible. So they came into studio that day to shoot that scene knowing something was going to happen, oh God. but not exactly what. They'd had everything all set up already. Oh God. So when that thing bursts out of his stomach, it's one of the most famous scenes in sci-fi horror history. Oh my God. Everyone on set freaked the fuck out. That's and so it's gross. all genuine and real, and it's awesome. It's then the little bitty alien runs off. And starts growing exponentially into what is one of the most beautiful creature designs ever made in cinema. And just starts killing everybody until, spoilers, it's down to just Sigourney Weaver and it. Sigourney Weaver wins. Yay! Yay! Because she's a tough-ass woman. And then that is one of the examples. You know, everyone talks about how sequels are rarely as good as the original. Yeah. And I think the secret to the life of this franchise is that they didn't just try and rehash the original movie when they did the sequel. James Cameron did the sequel. Mm. And they're with a very simple premise. If one of these things is scary, what about like a hundred of them? Oh my God, no. So they got space marines to go down to a planet. Oh my God. Where they had colonized and okay. the people are gone and they don't know why. And Sigourney Weaver has been in cryogenic freeze for like 50 years. Per use. And they convince her to go back with them to see what happened to these people. And it turns out, aliens, these things have infested everything. So, Uh, Aliens is the second movie, and it's got a lot more action. It's like action slash horror, where the first one is really just horror. Okay. And it's so great. Oh, cool. They're both such good movies in such different ways. And so, Granny Weaver ends up being more of a badass in the second movie. And she kills a thousand aliens. I mean, they kill a lot of those fucking aliens. It's like Toy Story 1 and Toy Story 2. Exactly. different stories. Exactly. Um, but and still then toys. you get to Alien Three, which sort of goes back to is one. It was David Fincher's first movie. Mm-hmm. Goes back to sort of the single alien terror thing, and uh, I think he was trying to make it sort of a parable, actually, for HIV, which is why sci-fi and and all these movies are great because yeah. you can make an entertaining movie that's a metaphor for something serious. It's true. I like Alien Three. Most people don't. Um, then Alien Resurrection. Oh my gosh, never-ending Alien franchise. A lot of people don't like that movie. I really do. Okay. Then you get to Alien vs. Predator. Nailed it. Which is a disappointment. Oh. Then you get to Alien vs. Predator Requiem, which is even more of a disappointment. Oh. Because they had a great premise because the comics had already come out. See, the comic, the Predators are aliens whose sole purpose is to hunt for sport. Yeah. So That's they have the brilliant idea of collecting a bunch of alien eggs, throwing them down on this planet, letting the aliens grow. Nailed it. And then sending their Predator. own young down to the planet. And whoever it's like a rite of passage. If you yeah. survive, 
You're one of us. You're official. It's like your bar mitzvah. I so love it. Uh, these Marines who are trying to colonize a planet get caught in the middle. And that is not what the movie did, really. Okay. And it should have, because that's an amazing premise. I see. Um, so those are the, the my favorite of the hostile alien movies. I love it. Now we get to the peaceful alien movies. Peaceful aliens, I'm ready. <coughs> Excuse me. And the peaceful aliens, you know, you're talking earlier about uh, aliens using technology to help us or assist us. Yeah. That's normally what the peaceful alien movies tend to be. They usually break down into one of two kinds. Like your E.T., who's just this naive little alien and he teaches people how to love. Or peaceful aliens that come down and say, look, we know from our own history that what you guys are doing is fucked up. Like, we evolved. Now we're going to help you uh, evolve. Ah, nice. Okay, okay. So obviously you have E.T. You have the day the Earth stood still. I hate E.T. Click, 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 click. I don't click, care. Click, click. Leave. I don't care. You don't have a heart. You I don't understand the beauty of love and innocence. This, no, the story is pointless. From a no, it's dra- not. dramaturgical point of view, why does E.T. come out in a dress for no reason other than a cute thing to put in trailers? Be like, look at this cute alien teaches, in a dress and wig. It teaches Elliot about love and friendship and, and helps him grow. And they don't establish the flower. Like, I watched this as an adult probably a year ago. So just, just let me get this straight and just... If I'm right, then repeat this verbatim. What? You do not love E.T. I do love E.T. Thank you. I'm going to take that and edit it to make it sound like you just said, I love E.T. No, I do love E.T. Um, I'm the one that edits the podcast. You're I right. love E.T. You're wrong. Anyway, um, The Day the Earth Stood Still is that classic tale. I do love E.T. But again, this guy's not just humanoid. He just looks like a dude. He doesn't even have makeup oh on. Oh my god! He just lands on the planet. He's got this giant robot. It's where Klaatu Parada Nikto comes from. He comes out. Okay, you don't know what that is. Never no, mind. I have no idea. No <laughs> it idea. It became a very famous sci-fi saying. Uh, he just comes out and he says, hey, I'm here to tell y'all, um, you're about to destroy yourselves. Oh no. And uh, I don't think that would be cool. It's the day the earth stood still. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Abyss was another James Cameron movie that was really interesting because it purported that maybe there are aliens on the bottom of the ocean. <gasps> and that right. it, this this is the least humanoid peaceful alien movie. It stars like Ed Harris and uh, Michael Bean. Would they Bean. be aliens if they were in the ocean? They are extraterrestrials that came down to Earth and and created a ship sort of underground in the ocean. Oh, so they've been just like vacationing yeah. in our ocean. Yeah, basically. That's fantastic. And okay. and it's interesting because uh, Mary Stuart Mastro Antonio is in it, and she didn't do a ton after that, but she was a great actress. And it's really cool because it is about, it's about the humans fucking themselves over and the aliens just trying to make peaceful contact. And there are beautiful moments because, you know, James Cameron was always at the forefront of special effects. You know, he did Titanic and all that stuff. And he sure did. I'm not a huge fan of the movie Titanic in general, but the effects really hold up. That ship is awesome. It's great. Um, and there's this great scene where, like, the aliens are using water to try and contact us. And so they put this tendril of water, like a tentacle, through the ship to investigate it. Huh. And they see Mary uh, Stewart, Mr. Antonio, and she sees the water. And instead of just freaking out and trying to kill it, she's just like, oh, maybe this thing is trying to make contact. So she touches it, and then the water turns into, like, her face. <gasps> so it's like reading her and going, oh okay, gosh. I'm trying to communicate with you using what I can see. That you're, It's it's really good. That's amazing. It's it's a really good movie. It's, like, literally movie. mirroring what it sees. Yeah. That's great. It's it's a really good movie. Um, All right. It was also one of the first movies I ever saw, and I think this is real in science, to uh, show breathable water. There's a certain type of water that, and I think it's a real science thing. I may have to look it up. Ooh. That you can breathe in. Oh. It's got like enough. Because uh, there's a moment where Ed Harris has to 
go down deeper than they're able to and stay down there for longer. And they're like, well, we can't do that with our normal suits. Get the bends. Right. But we have this water that we can fill your, your suit with that where, like, at first it's going to feel like you're drowning. Oh, my God. So just hang on for a second. Get past that and you can breathe fine. Oh, that's so weird. But it 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 it's not a forever thing. At some yeah. point you are going to run out of real oxygen. The, the oxygen would be depleted. That's yeah. awesome. And, uh... The next one I have, again, one I love about science fiction, fantasy, all that stuff, is how it can be a metaphor for other things. A mm -hmm. uh, movie that James Caan and Mandy Patinkin did <gasps> called Alien Nation in the uh, late 80s, early 90s, I think. Amazing. It's basically if you take In the Heat of the Night and made it aliens. <laughs> because oh. aliens land, they, they, they integrate with our society. They look almost exactly like us, except they have these bald heads with like brown spots all over them okay and they have to deal with racism oh god uh, james khan is an anti-alien cop who gets partnered with a manny patinkin who's an alien that's amazing and he has to learn through the course of the movie that hey you know these guys are all right aliens are humans too yeah it's a really good movie look at that it created a series again. racism through speciesism yeah because if okay. you tell a racist hey i'm gonna show you this movie with these people that you hate and being cool they're gonna be like ah fuck that that's not real but then they put themselves you always have to put yourself in the yeah. body of your quote unquote enemy. Yeah. So because these aliens looked actually more like it was so ridiculous that people were racist against these aliens because the only thing again, I, I didn't want to bring it up again, but um, Star Trek, there's an old episode of the original Star Trek series love it. where this alien species, uh, it's a very classic episode, a little heavy handed with the message, mm -hmm. but these aliens are you could their their skin is divided half black and half white. Okay. But there's another species, there's two species on the planet, one that has the left side is black, one that has the right side is white, and one that has the right side is Star black Relic and the left Sneeches. side is black. Yes, and uh, the one of them determines that the other is inferior, uh -huh. when they're almost exactly in every way the same. I gotcha. Um, the last of my uh, hopeful, uh, you've already actually referenced it once. <gasps> Uh, boo doo 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 doo. Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Everybody <laughs> knows it. It's a beautiful movie. It's a classic. I'm going to, I need to go home and like build a mountain. So you out have of, seen Close Encounters of the Third Kind. I have seen, I believe, parts of that. It's, I think I've like watched it as a child as it was on like TBS. It's very good. And it is a movie that even if you don't like E.T., which we all know by now you don't. I do love E.T. Uh, it does show Spielberg's absolute talent as a director and a storyteller. His ability to work with children is amazing in that movie. Yeah. There's a little boy in the movie that gets basically stolen from his mom by the aliens, and it's a horrific scene. Yeah. But um, the great thing about it, there's a there's a moment when the boy's walking through the house, okay? Mm -hmm. And uh, he, he, he hears these sounds, and you see him, like, walk into the kitchen, and the refrigerator's open, oh, and there's no. food everywhere. Oh, no. Now, who could that be? And he walks over to look at the refrigerator, and then he turns around, and you can't see what he sees. Oh, no. And this boy's like three years old, oh, so he's gosh. not an actor. You can't see what he sees, but he looks horrified for a second. And then oh, all gosh. of a sudden, he smiles. So what your mind is projecting is, he's looking at a fucking alien, and at first he's scared of it, and then he goes, oh, they look friendly. Oh, my he's gosh. He doesn't know any better. You want to know how Spielberg accomplished this? Tell me. There was a guy on the crew that this kid just absolutely loved. So Spielberg took a refrigerator box and put it behind the camera and had this guy inside that box in a gorilla suit. Oh my gosh, amazing. And so he breaks through the box and that gets the kid's attention and scares him for a second. Spielberg made him take off the mask and the kid goes, oh, it's my buddy. That's amazing. That's brilliant, right? Oh gosh, yeah. Why would you make a three-year-old try to act your oh way God. through that? Now we get into the uh, silly 
the, my favorite bad this. sci-fi movies. Top on that list is uh, Battlefield Earth, which is a John Travolta movie, and no. you know, he's a Scientologist. No. Um, based on a book by L. Ron Hubbard. No. Which was supposed to be the beginning of a new series of of sci-fi epic movies. No. Um, they only ever made the one because it was a massive flop. Oh my god. Because it's one of the dumbest movies ever made. John Travolta clomps around in this giant alien suit. The idea is these aliens have conquered us, and a thousand years later, man has become primitive. These aliens have taken over the earth and used us to be workhorses or whatever. No. And one of the humans, they call them man animals. Oh, my God. Uh, animals. Yeah. Gets uh, John Travolta, gives him knowledge about past human existence for some reason. I can't remember why. And this guy escapes and then goes back and gets all these very primitive tribal people to assist him in taking down these aliens who are supposed to be so advanced, by the way, that they took over the Earth in, and this is what the beginning crawl in the movie said, like, five minutes or something oh like that. Oh, my gosh, no. And uh, so the best part about this movie, apart from the fact that Travolta himself, who in certain movies, I think he's very good. Yeah. I don't know what happened to him in the past 15 years or so. Yeah. I think his ego got in the way and he just wants vanity roles. Probably. Because he's, in interviews, said that he wanted to portray this big alien as a Shakespearean villain. Which oh. means he talks like this. Oh my gosh, no. A lot. I'm done. It is, if you want a movie that is hysterically bad. That's it. You have to see it. Okay. And so this guy escapes, and he goes and finds these primitive humans who've devolved over this thousand years. And they find an airfield, an old abandoned airfield. And in order to fight back against these aliens, whose technology was so overpowering that they took over the planet in five minutes, he puts these primitive men in a flight simulator no. that for some reason still works, and they figure out how to fly jet planes. No. I'm not kidding. Oh my gosh, this is so bad. I'm not kidding. You have to see it. It is one of the funniest bad movies I have ever seen. Okay. Ever. I'll put it on my watch list. It's amazing. Um, I can't wait. That's the worst in my list. After oh, Earth was M. Night Shyamalan when everyone realized he sucked. Oh. Uh, Will Smith and his son who can't act. Jaden. Uh, Jaden. J-Dog. I don't know. Yeah. Um, it's not good. Oh. Um, Earth Girls Are Easy was a movie that I loved. Is it about aliens? Okay, I'm going to guess. Aliens land and they find Earth women and to fuck mate them? with. <laughs> it's a porn. No. no. Uh, it stars your boyfriend, Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum's in it again? Yeah, and Gina Davis. And, and Gina Davis? And Jim Carrey. All right, tell me everything. What uh, is this? Well, these fur-covered aliens crash uh, land on Earth. So Chewbacca's on Earth, got it. But they're like multicolored. They okay. look like they look like uh, so tie dye Chewbacca's on Earth. Yes, got it. exactly. And uh, they they meet Gina Davis and her friend, and they're like, "Oh my God, you guys are peaceful, awesome. Well, we can't let you walk around with all this fur. We'll shave you." And it turns out that they're all very attractive men. Oh my gosh, no. Yeah. Um, it's a very silly movie. It's not good. So it's kind of like what is that one? A fish called Wanda. No. No, what is the one? No, Splash. That's what it's called. Oh, kind of, except Splash was actually Hanks a pretty good movie. Where Tom falls in love with a mermaid. Yeah. Um, but, Tom ha uh, but Splash was actually a pretty good movie. This is just silly. It's oh, not okay. well done. It's oh, not necessarily gosh. well written. For some reason, I watched it a ton when I was a kid. 
because it's go. not ex- it's not explicitly sexual in any way, but it's just a silly, stupid movie, and it knows it's a silly, stupid movie. Oh, good. So that's okay. bad okay. in a guilty pleasure kind okay. of way. Not in a uh, I'm John Travolta being a Shakespearean. Villain. No, not at all. Perfect. Um, <laughs> Jupiter Ascending just came out a couple of years ago. Oh. Um, from the Wachowskis who gave us The Matrix and then nothing else good. Oh uh, no. <laughs> um, I can only qualify the movie by saying this. Channing Tatum falls in love with Mila Kunis. Oh my gosh. he is a half man, half dog race of alien. Oh no. And she's a princess that he has to save. It is features- Is she also an alien? No, she's an earth, she's oh, an earth okay. person. Okay, okay. Uh, it also features Eddie Redmayne in an uncharacteristically terrible performance. Is this like princess like back in like- Oldie time? No, no, no. They, like, she's I'm an earthling. I'm a modern, like, I'm like Kate. She's, she, yeah, she's, she's a, she cleans toilets or something. And then they realize that her lineage means she's actually a oh, space princess no. from so another it's planet. It's literally like the, the, what is the movie where the Anne Hathaway becomes a princess? Oh, The Princess Diaries. There it is. I'm so <laughs> glad you knew that. What's that movie that? where Anne Hathaway became a princess and wrote a diary? <laughs> Shut um, up, Evan. Days so of Being a Royal? it's the Princess Diaries shoved in with an alien movie. Yes. Oh, my God. Um, and I haven't seen the entire thing, but I've seen enough to know that it's not good. Okay. Mainly because I can never tell with the Wachowskis whether they're doing tongue-in-cheek humor or not because the tone of the movie is very serious. Yeah. Everything's taken very seriously. But you have Channing Tatum flying around on space roller skates that yes. allow him to fly, trying to yes. save Mila Kunis, and then he falls in love with her when he knows he shouldn't yes. because she's royalty and he's just this half-man, half-dog. Yes. And there is literally a scene where he reveals to her and Channing Tatum's turned out to be a pretty charismatic, pretty good actor. Yeah. He's awful. He's so boring in Probably. this movie. And Mickey Keen is in the right role is pretty decent. Yeah. She's not good at all. This is fantastic. And uh, so they're talking in this moment, both the two like least chemistry, boring people you've ever seen. And she tells him that she has feelings for him. And he goes, I can't. I'm a half dog, half man or something like that. And she goes, and I quote, I love dogs. Oh, my God, no. Swear to God. Finished with that movie. And the last bad <gasps> alien movie I want to bring up, and these are all movies you should watch because of how okay. bad they are, by okay. the way, is uh, based on a Stephen King novel, and I love Stephen King, but it's called Dreamcatcher. Okay. And did you ever watch Homeland? I have watched, I think, some of Homeland. The guy that plays Brody, the redhead guy that okay. everyone thinks, oh, he's a terrible person. Ah. Um, he is in it, and he's a very good actor. Okay. In this not so much? No one really comes out ahead in this movie. Oh, okay. It, it's about a group of guy friends who were going to a cabin to be guys and guys together and man stuff oh, and beer wait. and whatever. And some shit happens. Literally, actually, because Stephen, Stephen King, he always wants to make the thing you think is the least scary terrifying. Right. Like so poop. he figures, oh my, you're not, you're <laughs> oh not that gosh. far off. Oh my gosh, I can't so wait. So what happens is these aliens... <laughs> Morgan Freeman is in the movie as what? this evil general of the army that figures out that these aliens exist. Everybody's got to have a lemon. Yeah. Uh, and he has the line, something about the the shit monsters, because these aliens look like eels with teeth that no. like come up through the toilet no. and like eat through your asshole no. or something like that. No. And then at one point they have mind control powers no. and the guy from Homeland is trying to stop these aliens. From- no. He's, in real life, he's English. In this movie, he's American, but one of the aliens gets control of his mind. And for some reason, in order to show that, he has an English accent all Obviously. of a sudden. A very cartoonish, over-the-top English accent. It's very uh, John Travolta in as an alien. It's he's very, he's not quite as bad, bad as John Travolta. Oh, okay. 
because he's really trying. Oh my gosh, but no. then he has this whole mental thing where there's a mental projection of himself in this room with all these files trying to save these files from the alien. And it's like supposed to be representative of his mind, but it's stupid. That's and, ridiculous. And Morgan Freeman says shit monsters. Per usual. Per usual. So uh, uh, that's fantastic. I recommend all these movies. Highly recommended. Every single one I've named today is highly recommended. But I think that like the the overall is that the aliens that look like us are more always cool. peaceful. They want to aliens that don't look us like want to crawl up our assholes and murder us <laughs> and eat our butts. Yeah, and also that like these aliens that are like smarter than us. Yeah. Like, we can only really defeat them They're almost by, always like, smarter than us. brute anger strength. If we ever land on a planet and all the aliens are just, like, dumb people, like idiocracy or something, that would be so disappointing. Yeah, no. So, anyway, you have to go. So, we'll close <gasps> up the episode real quick. Evan! Um, and next, bad news and good news. The next episode is going to be the season finale. But yeah. because this episode went the length of two, you get one extra episode this season if you're <gasps> listening. Perfect. So if you would like to give us a five-star review on Stitcher or iTunes, please do that. We'll read it on the air. And I think we already know what we're going to talk about next season, but we'll tease it for the last episode of this season. Okay. But also, I want to go ahead and tease the next episode, because this might end up being our most controversial one, which is why we saved it for the season finale. You've <gasps> already heard our opinions about religion, but we are really going to delve into the science, and we're going to answer the question next week, is there a God? Bum, bum, bum. It's going to be amazing. I hope you got lucky tonight. Thank you for being a part of the Lucky 10,000. Email us at lucky10,000 at gmail.com. Find Lucky 10,000 on Twitter at lucky underscore 10k. And visit our podcast network site at beardedpodsnetwork.com. I do love E.T.